0: The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. So exciting to hear that news from New Day, wasn't it? uh, Six or seven people committed to Jesus for the first time, or sort of recommitting their lives amazing isn't it and I, I don't know about you but i feel more part of that this year than i've ever done in a sense i've eaten cakes for them i've sort of donated stuff for them i have prayed for them you know we've been part of that haven't we and you know together it's such good news to hear how god has been met, meeting them there i saw Alfie who'd been setting up in Bexhill this morning and he sort of crawled out of his car to the uh, doorway. I mean, he's a bit of a drama queen, isn't he? But, you know, um, it just sort of crawled in and, oh, I can't lift this, it's too heavy. And anyway, but I think they had a good time, but it was, I think, fairly tiring for everybody involved. Um, As Hannah said, my name's Steve Young. I'm part of the leadership team here and uh, normally in Bexhill where I lead the, the venue there. We're going to be continuing our Abide series today. Some of Jesus' final actions, some of his final words before he went to the cross. He was, in a sense, saying goodbye to his disciples. And goodbyes are emotional times, aren't they? I was here, um, was it Friday? No. Monday, just last Monday, wasn't it? When they went to new new day, I brought my granddaughter up, and uh, there was a whole load of emotion in there in the oak room as uh, parents were sort of, you know, entrusting their loved ones to the team. You know, are they going to be able to eat? Are they going to be warm? Are they going to just survive the week? Will I ever see them again? And then the kids themselves, you know, they were emotional too. You know, who am I going to sit next to? Am I going to be in my friends here am I going to be able to charge my phone even you know really important things for a week isn't it but so much emotion goodbyes are emotional times aren't there as far as I know we didn't bring we didn't leave any of the young people behind we brought them all back so there was a, a good ending to that story but it was an emotional time just saying goodbye and the rain didn't help either I don't know about you but I remember a few goodbyes in my life. I remember my last exchange with my father before he died. I remember actually his last conversation with my mum. I remember going off to university, leaving home, all my belongings in a suitcase. Not quite a goodbye in this way, but I remember walking down the aisle with my daughter such an emotional time and it wasn't goodbye to her but it was a whole new season of life saying goodbye to one life uh, a new life opening up for her even beginning of the year remember we went to see alan and lou in the philippines and it was emotional saying goodbye to them at the end of that time we'd had a really good time with them and uh, you know we're leaving them around the other side of the world we knew it wasn't all easy so it's hard to say goodbye and so in these chapters of John that we've been looking at 13 to 17 Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for when he's no longer with them these are the things he did and said knowing that he was about to die knowing that he will be leaving them on their own to carry out the mission of taking the gospel to the world they're important chapters they're the things that Jesus chose to say, chose to do, knowing that he was only gonna be there a few more days. We know already, earlier in these chapters, Jesus had told them the Holy Spirit had come. That must have blown their mind, mustn't it? It's even gonna be better that I'm not here because the Holy Spirit will come. How they grasp that. And then he warns them, he warns that the world will hate them, that they'll face persecution But he also tells them, as we heard a couple of weeks ago, that their pain, their sorrow, that they feel that he's going, will be turning to joy as well. And then we come to chapter 17, which we're going to be looking at the middle section of today. It's called the High Priestly Prayer. I sort of titled that in my Bible. It's, It's been given that name, I suppose, is how you would say it. And you'll remember in the Old Testament, the high priests, they went before God to pray on behalf of the people. And in this chapter, Jesus is praying. Praying for himself, as Paul Edworthy showed us last week. Praying for his disciples, which we'll look at today. And then praying for those who would come after, which will be in a couple of weeks' time. He knows, doesn't he, as he prays for the disciples, that they're in a hostile world, that he's leaving them with the task of taking the gospel out, building the church. He knows they're gonna face all sorts of struggles and difficulties, the things we read about in Acts. He knew that the world wouldn't be open to their message, that the work of building the church would be opposed. This was a difficult thing. Does it sound familiar? Does it sound familiar? I think it should. The disciples went out into the hostile Roman world. So we too are called to take the gospel to the ends of the earth, to a world that is still hostile to Jesus. Some of the views that we have are very difficult for the world to accept. So there's a lot in the verses that we'll look at today where Jesus is praying for his disciples, that we can take and apply to ourselves. The things he chose to pray for them, the things he chose to concentrate on, are worthy of our attention. And so we'll start by uh, the passage. We're going to read from John 17, and we're going to start at verse 6. I'm using here the New International Reader's Version. I just felt for the reading it was... uh, It had a bit of a flow to it that I hope will help you. I have shown you to the disciples you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me. And they have obeyed your work. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. I gave them the words you gave me. And they accepted them. They knew for certain that I came from you. They believe that you sent me. I'll pray for them. I'm not praying for the world at this point. I'm praying for those you have given me because they are yours. So Jesus is praying for the disciples, those who he'd been living with, who'd been following him, those who'd come to know the truth of the gospel, who'd been with him, who'd been taught by him, who'd understood and accepted that Jesus come from god that he was indeed the promised messiah the savior of the world let's go on at verse 10 all i have is yours and all you have is mine glory has come to me because of my disciples i will not remain in the world any longer but they are still in the world and i am coming to you holy father Keep them safe by the power of your name. It's the name you gave me. Keep them safe so that they can be one, just as you and I are one. While I was with them, I guarded them. I kept them safe through the name you gave me. None of them has been lost, except the one who was sentenced to be destroyed. It happened so the scriptures would come true. I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world. I say them so that those you gave me can have all my joy inside them. So Jesus, as he prays for his disciples, prays that God will keep them, that he'll give them the spiritual strength not to be drawn away from faith by fear, by sin, by distractions or otherworldly pressures. that God will reveal himself as the Spirit is poured out upon them. They'll know themselves to be united, united to God and with each other in the mission they've been called. That they'll know joy in the midst of the worldly challenges and difficulties. That they'll know Jesus' joy. So then on with verse 14. I have given them your word. The world has hated them this is because they are not part of the world any more than I am. I do not pray that you would take them out of the world. I pray that you will keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to it. Use the truth to make them holy. Your word is truth. You sent me into the world in the same way. I have sent them into the world. I make myself holy for them so that they too can be made holy in a true sense. Jesus says they've already faced opposition, but don't take them out of the world. Protect them, keep them from the schemes of the enemy. Keep them strong, sanctify them, keep them separate from the world, make them holy help to resist sin and the schemes of the evil one as they're sent out into a hostile world. Just to pause as we, before we get into the detail of the text, just want us to note the obvious point that Jesus is praying here, talking to his father, asking his father to intervene. There's lots going on the time is short, as we heard earlier. But Jesus believes the most important thing he can do, the most important thing, the way in which he can use this time, is to pray for them. To pray, to ask the God of universe, to keep them, to protect them, to help them. So important, isn't it, just to pause and just note that Jesus chose to use this precious time to pray. And it's so important, isn't it? Prayer changes things. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer invites the God of the universe to act for you. I wonder what we would do if we were in our last few days. Oh, just a few extra things I want to tell you before I go. Maybe there'll be some jobs you want to finish. Well, I'm not going to be here, but I can you to some great resources that you can use now Jesus decides the most important thing the most effective thing he can do is to pray for them what's the most important thing you can do for your kids you'll encourage them we teach them we love them we educate them there's lots of things they're all good but don't forget to pray for them it's the most important thing we can do grandparents pray for your grandchildren pastoral people pray for those you're trying to help elders pray for the church I remember just a few weeks ago I was talking to a young guy in the Bexhill congregation and I didn't know much about his family didn't see them much And so he started telling me about his family and he told me about his parents. And then he came to his grandmother and he told me how his grandmother he knew was regularly praying for him. Ah, now I can see why you're sitting here in church. Now I can see why you're deciding to follow Jesus. There was a praying grandmother who's faithfully behind him. Teachers, pray for your kids. Workplace people, Pray for your colleagues. Prayer to the God of the universe, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. What a privilege to come to the all-powerful one, to know that things change as we pray. Prayer's our most important weapon. Let's use it well. Make it a priority, not a last resort. Pray without ceasing, we're told. Remember, again, a lady... Uh, in that congregation that I was talking to. And um, she was telling me that she'd had a rift with her daughter. You know, she wasn't speaking to her anymore. And um, to be honest, I didn't really have any wisdom to offer her much, you know. So, but anyway, we said, well, let's pray. So we prayed about this situation. And I just happened to be in the car with her a couple of weeks later. And um, she said, you know, I had a call from my daughter last week and she was telling me all about what was happening, she actually said she's going to ring again in another week. Amazing, isn't it? We pray, and we see things change. Don't forget, God changes things as we pray. So let's come back to see what Jesus prayed. So here, in this high priestly prayer, I think there are four aspects of the way in which Jesus prays that we can take and learn from and apply to ourselves first he says keep them strong in faith protect them from the evil one and from the influences of the world then he says keep them one with the father united together he says fill them with joy then he says sanctify them make them holy help them to flee from sin Keep them strong in the face. Pray for God to keep them, to protect them, to guard them. It's important, obviously, in our Christian lives to do all we can to pursue God, to pray, to study, give time to him. That's, in one sense, how we grow. But it's also important to recognise that we may do our part, but there's also a part that God plays as well. The two parts coming together. We study the word, we give ourselves to it, but it's God who reveals truth to our hearts. We seek after God. He's the one who comes to meet us in our worship, in our quiet times. We flee from sin, but it's God who protects us from the sin that we couldn't overcome. God works with us to keep us. And Jesus is praying here, these are my dear disciples, Please keep them strong. Help them as they work for you to know your truth in your hearts. Jesus acknowledges the disciples have been radically changed by the gospel. They were no longer thinking and acting to the world's tune. Their priorities have been transformed. And now they'd be hated because of the message they carried. It wasn't going to be easy, but Jesus doesn't say, take them out of the world. On the contrary, he says, protect them from the evil one. Jesus knew they had a real enemy. He'd experienced his work numerous times in his own life. And we need to be alert to the devil's schemes, not fearful, but mindful that we need the power of the Holy Spirit as we engage in spiritual water. Jesus prays, protect them from the schemes of the evil one. And then Jesus prays that there'll be one, even as we are one. United with the Father, united with each other. Abiding in the vine, as we heard in John 15 earlier, knowing God's spirit within and through us. United together, one with each other, the body of Christ supporting, comforting, strengthening each other. the glorious church knowing they're chosen, knowing they're called, knowing they're loved, knowing they're anointing. Unity is an interesting topic, isn't it? So interesting that Jesus thought this was important enough to include in this prayer. So important that we seek to keep the unity of the body. So we keep rooted into Jesus as it makes a priority to press into him so he will help us to keep united together. And we know, don't we, that that's where God commands a blessing, Psalm 133 tells us that. We know how in verse 22 it tells us that's where people see Jesus. And then Jesus prays that they'll be filled with joy. One of our defining principles as the people of God is that we rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. That's 1 Peter 1 verse 8. A joy that is rooted in knowing that we're saved by God and that one day we'll see him face to face. A joy that comes knowing we're loved by our Father in heaven. Let's look for God's joy to character our lives as we seek him. Follow his way. And finally, the fourth thing Jesus prayed that they'll be sanctified and made holy, kept from sin. There's joy enough in knowing that we're sanctified through Jesus' sacrifice, his suffering, his offering of himself, paid the price for our sins. We stand pure and holy before God through Jesus. Hallelujah. There's this ongoing work of sanctification too. We're being changed to be more like Jesus. So we allow the truth of God to do its work in our lives as we seek to follow him. So we're changed. It's a work of God. Sanctifying, changing our desires, changing our affections, changing our motivations. We turn away from the things of the world. But it's God who gives us new desires new passions for him. 1 John 2, verse 15, tells us not to love the world, but to do the will of God, that we will abide with him forever. Jesus' prayer for his disciples with these kind of four elements to it, this prayer that he chose to pray as he approached the cross, a prayer that, in a sense, is equally applicable for today, as we seek to build the church here in Hastings, in Bexhill, right across 1066 country. So I thought what better way to end than would be to pray it over you. I'm gonna turn it into a prayer, I'll paraphrase, but hopefully bring those kind of sense of the things that God prayed for his disciple, Jesus prayed for his disciple. I wanna pray over you now I want to pray that God keeps you I want to pray that God unites us I pray that God fills us with joy keeps us holy we need the God of the universe to help us in those areas don't we why don't you stand let's pray maybe we'll have the worship band might like to sort of think of coming Coming back you're going to take over after let's pray together Father, I thank you for each person in this church today that you've saved and revealed yourself to. I pray for them because it can feel difficult to live in a world that opposes you and doesn't want to listen to the message of the gospel. Thank you, though, that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and I pray that you will fill each of these people with your joy that comes from a deep knowledge of knowing they're loved by you. And filled with your joy, may they be strong and bold for you. I pray that they will know the empowering of your Holy Spirit, the one who reveals truth to us. May they know that truth taking root in each of their lives helping them to stand strong and may they be changed more and more by that truth into the image of Jesus. Protect them from the schemes of the enemy, the one who seeks to steal and destroy all that is good. May they know the reality of Jesus' sacrifice for them that allows us to stand before you, Father God, holy and clean. Help them to hate sin and may they know your word, continuing to guide them to live lives that are pure and glorify you in every way. And for any here today who don't know you, Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit will give revelation to know him and the power of the forgiveness that he offers to everyone. Amen. Let's worship together.